Right, so this is episode 86, and I'd just like to apologise for a few weeks with no podcast, but Pete Pete was struck down in his prime, wasn't yeah. Pete? <laughs> Holy cow, dude. I got the flu for the first time in my life, and it was not a fun experience, man. That was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, back, back in business, but woo, it was... Yeah, uh, um, did it beat you harder than COVID? Hell yeah. Like COVID was nothing, man. COVID was like a cough for me. Uh, this flu, I was like at 104 degree, you know, temperature. I was in the emergency room. So like, really? oh yeah, no, I'm not kidding. I was in the ER and uh, they were pumping me with fluids and yeah, it got bad, but uh, I'm uh, I'm back in business. Okay, now finally, eh? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's good. To, it's good to be back podcasting again. Um, Pete is a busy man these days. I tell you what, he is a busy man. Catching him is right like catch a fucking star. Honestly, okay, <laughs> now it's gone. <laughs> it's not a lie. That's for sure. My life is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so we do apologise for lacking the regularity, but you know how it goes. Um, but yeah, so today I wanted to talk about uh, something quite exciting for, for Ross and for me and for Ross and for anyone who wants to see the art. But um, yeah, so this coming Saturday, and I did want to get this podcast out earlier to give people a little bit more advance warning, but it is what it is. I've put some things out on socials. but So yeah, this this Saturday, um, the... Um, the Badlands on Fire artwork collection, obviously by Ross McCulley, is going to be um, on display in uh, the Rowan Art Gallery in Helensborough, which is abs- which is where it's Ross's hometown, it's where Ross lives. Um, so yeah, the deal is the the collection's going to be in there, I believe, for about four weeks. So it, it sort of gets a run in the gallery, so to speak. And you know, I'm re- it's really cool as well because yeah, we. We displayed the art at the gig and at the venue, but it was much more in a sort of a freestyle fashion. Do you know what I mean? Like we, uh, there was a lot to be desired in terms of lighting and all that sort of stuff that, you know, that would have gone on to show the art in a much better light. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, so from this Saturday, as I said, Badlands on Fire Collection will be in the Rowan Gallery in he- Helensborough. And um, from midday till closing on Saturday, me and Ross are going to be there. So, um, you know, if there's anyone out there that wants to come along and see the collection and, um, and you know, meet me and Ross, speak to me and Ross about the projects or whatever you want to talk about, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm, I'm really vibed up about it. I'm heading up on Friday evening. Um, not sure what time I'll arrive because it's like a four, four and a half hour drive up there. Um, but yeah, that's cool. So yeah, uh, if you can get yourself along this weekend, this Saturday to the Rowan Gallery in Helensborough, you'll be able to see the full art collection and me and Ross will be there. So yeah, really excited about that. Oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like man, I wish I could be there. That that sounds really cool. I'm, how many does he have left? Because I know he's already sold a bunch. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. Actually, there's there's actually only two left now. Wow. Yeah, there's two left, which is amazing. Um, you know, I think there was. Well, whenever you do anything like this, and it was the same for the record as well. Whenever you do anything like this, you, you know, what I mean, there's there's that anxiety of. Is anyone going to want to buy this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it don't matter how much how good something is and how much you believe in it. As a creator, I'm pretty sure that any any creative person always has that flash of is anyone genuinely going to care? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So the fact that um, as you know, as soon as we announced, or rather, as soon as Ross announced that they were for sale, they've gone like hotcakes. Um, and there was a bit of umming and ahhing over the prices that were going to be set at and those sorts of things. But, um, you know, the fact they've sold so quick is just awesome on so many levels. It, you know, it's it's great for the project. It, it's great for Ross. Do you know what I mean? Um, because it gets Ross some, uh, some money in as well. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. is something that artists, certainly through my understanding anyway, that's something that can be really difficult for artists to, um, well, not only get work showcased, but get what would be considered decent prices for them. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's it's very subjective anyways, Art, but no, it's 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 really great that they've um, that they've sold so far. I mean, it is an incredible collection, and anyone who came to the, the launch night and saw it will, I'm sure, will attest to that, but 
yeah, yeah. it's going to look even better in in that gallery setting. Uh, it's only a small gallery. It's like, and it's on the it's on the seafront. So do you know what I mean? It's 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 a really lovely place. It's Helensborough. So if anyone is around that general vicinity and um, and wants to pop along, do you know, and it's supposed to be really nice weather as well. So yeah, man, it could could turn out to be a really nice sort of low key style event. Um, the record's going to be playing, and nice as I say, me and Ross will be. So uh, if that's not reason to come along, then I don't know what is. Do you know? <laughs> well, you know, on that note, I mean, like, it's not every day that an artist gets an opportunity to make paintings for uh, a, a musician, one that he likes, but also one that's, you know, recognized as a, you know, a really good artist and so a musician. So I think the, uh, you know, it's really cool that he got that opportunity. And it, it's also a testament to to your album because these things are tied to your album. And that's why, you know, I, I don't know who bought them, but I'm I'm sure <laughs> That there's, you know, the excitement of having a piece of art that's tied to such a beautiful album is is definitely an attractive, you know, part of this. So I think it's a great yeah. combination, and uh, I'm excited for both of you guys. Uh, I, I wish I could. I wish I was closer to actually be there and 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 witness not only the uh, show that you did, but also this this uh, this event. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what I mean? Like that's one. Of, that's just another aspect of why I'm so sort of proud of this project as a whole because it, um, you know, Ross's works have been and are and will be absolutely amazing. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of him getting his name out there and and showcasing his works and almost like giving giving his work like a a leg up to a a wider audience that maybe isn't just tied to the art world. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I think that I think that prob like the strict art world in inverted commas is probably a lot harder to make waves in. Whereas I think when it's attached, like you say, Pete, when it's attached to to a project like mine, um, it it just it brings in a different audience that I would have probably argue wouldn't have existed otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Um so that's 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 great. It's really good and it gets rid of a lot of, you know, anxieties on all our parts in terms of, well, what do we price them at and is that too much? And you know, there were quite a few conversations in that regard, but the you know, the the, the pieces of art are absolutely astounding. Do you know what I mean? There's no doubt about that. And when you see them in the flesh, it, it really does um you know, especially when you see the whole collection together. It's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. And, you know, I know the, they are Ross's works, but it still makes me proud sort of having having that attached to the, you know, the project as a whole. And and don't get me wrong, like the, the, the art is just as uh, integral and important as the actual album itself. And, you know, it's, it's Ross's art that has helped this album sort of transcend just being an album. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 you know, it adds an entire new dimension to it. Yeah, and it's something a bit different. I mean, I don't. I've. I'm, it's the first time anyone's ever done anything like. That, obviously, but it's certainly the first time I've been aware of um, a project quite like this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's one thing doing a front cover, but you know, I don't. I don't know how many fine artists have done front covers. I mean, I know there's probably a lot of artists in inverted commas but it's a murky world to get into is trying to de deliberate the semantics and labels that you'd put on art and those sorts of things but you know a fine artist like ross um doing a, a, a painting for each track i think is quite a unique thing really and as i say i just think it adds just such an extra dimension to the project and you know as a whole it's it's quite different with it being an instrumental album and you know, all the other things that are attributed to it. It just, it takes it above just being like, right, there you go. There's an, an instrumental record. But as I've said before, it was, it just made such perfect sense to me with the, the type of music that this record contains and, uh, you know, this musical landscape. So, you know, to have an actual physical painting of, you know, that, which is a representation of the musical landscape um you know it, it's brilliant it, it really is uh ross has added so and the thing as well is it, it's not just the art that ross is ross has added to this it's not just the pieces of art um obviously all the work all the design work that 
um, not only Ross, but also Nicola as well, that they've done all the design work for the vinyl, the CDs and, and everything. And obviously the video as well, the Dream Twisted video, which is such an integral part. And we'd have, we'd, we'd have ideally, we'd have liked to have done another video, uh, but it, it, it's just been really difficult with, um, you know, sort of time constraints and other people's commitments and, and like a lot of work goes into doing something like that. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the editing and everything that goes into to making a video, it's, it's, it's a lot of time. So we would have loved to have done another one, but I think Dream Twister is so strong as a video anyway that it's just a perfect accompanying piece um, to the album release. Um, and yeah, and you know, another thank you to everyone who's out there enjoying the record and walking around wearing the t-shirts and stuff like that. I still get a buzz when people send me pictures and they're out and about in the t-shirts representing, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's, it's mental thinking back like three years ago. You know. I couldn't have ever envisaged it coming together like this. Yeah, you made me look like a like a rock star, man. Like I, I opened the album and my wife and I were in the living room and I played it and I was like, oh, this is so happy for Adam. This is such a great album. She really enjoyed it. But we were just looking at the cover and then we flipped it over and on the bottom it says, hey, thanks to Pete Fletcher. And I was like, whoa, look at that. <laughs> and she was like, uh, you know, low key impressed. And I was just like, you know, I had this moment like, oh, I, I impressed my wife. There you go. So thanks to that, Adam. I appreciate it. No, no, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? That's that's why I put your name on there. I've said it many times, mate, that I, you know, I owe you an awful lot in terms of um, just pushing me to do all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Pushing me to do it all and believing in myself. And yeah, I couldn't have done... I couldn't have done any of it without you. I don't think. Nah, that's really? all you. It's all you, man. I uh, I'm glad I was there along for the ride. But yeah, you. Uh, this was a this was going to happen. You know, you had your silence, then you had your time where you actually came back into the world and started to you know uh, get back on the music scene. All that was going to happen regardless. And uh, I'm just glad I was along for the ride. So good stuff. Yeah, man, absolutely. So yeah, as you know, like how long's the record been out now? I don't even know really. Um, but you know, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do next. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, like as I've alluded to a couple of times, I think life's been a bit crazy for me. And like a, a lot of stuff came at what you might describe as a bad time, really. Do you know what I mean? Because everything was nice and quiet while we were making the record. Well, you know, like the artistic and stuff and actually recording everything and conceptualizing it all yeah life at that point was all pretty simple and then when it got to the record release like I'd, you know life just sort of kicked off so to speak and it was like oh man uh everything to come at once and i don't know you know like i, I think i'd have i'd have liked to have done more um i don't know more sort of pushing to get it out there a bit more and stuff but at the same time it's it's been like a um as what you might call a soft launch, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like you know, there'll be a lot of people who don't don't even know the records out yet. But it's all good, man. Do you know what I mean? It'll it'll keep rolling, and I'll keep coming up with stuff, and you know, making people because it's difficult when you're just literally doing it on your own, and you you know, I'm doing all the marketing and stuff, and when I say marketing, it's just posts on social media. Do you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I just found that a crucial point where I should have been really um, consistent and regular with my, my socials output. It kind of, I found myself sort of not, not quite able to really, but you know, that's just my whole thing really. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, you know, it's hard to describe really, but that whole sort of freewheeling vibe and, you know what I mean? Just getting stuff out as and when I can and um yeah man do you know what I mean there's still I'm still hoping people become aware of it and shift a few more and um and obviously yeah I need to look into getting it on all the bloody streaming sites and all that sort of stuff well, <laughs> because I 
I have, go on, Pete. What were you going to say? I was going to say, like, y- you've done your first album. I think it, I think it, you know, plays a part in in uh, sort of like what what you had going on. But would you ever entertain the fact that, like, what if somebody, some other group that you've either toured with or or you know, just a group that you know, what if somebody approached you and was like, hey, you know, you from the music, heard you just did your own album. Would you kind of like Kasabian did with Rob? Would you ever join an existing band and just be one of their uh, one of their axes? Yeah. 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 I, I, but yeah. Um, and funnily enough, you know, it, that's something that I thought about comparatively recently, actually, because I do remember in in the years where I was doing nothing music related and had no um, link to it or anything. Let me try and remember. I think it was Muse. Um, Muse had now I can't remember. And obviously, I don't want to speak out of turn as someone else, but I, I think from my memory, one of the guys from Muse, I think sadly his father passed away um, and he couldn't do a few shows. So they ended up recruiting someone else. And now I can't remember who that was, but I remember seeing a little bit of a snippet of an interview and uh, I think it would have been Matt uh, saying, well, uh, we all love this band and you know when it when the situation arose we kind of thought well let's let's ask him if he'll do it and i remember reading that thinking fucking hell, i'd love that to happen to me yeah for sure you know I, mean? I, I, I love like a, a really uh, you know a really big established band who love the music to be you know to approach me you know do you fancy doing this like super I I mean, yeah well yeah anything like that you know there's loads of acts i could name but i think there would have been a point in time where well, there'd have probably been a point in time where I'd have said I would have said no to that, but it would have purely have been through fear. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like I'd have probably said no, or I'd have probably wanted to say no, and I'd have dressed it up as some sort of principled thing. But I think the reality of it would have been that I'd have just been too nervous or like frightened of doing that. Whereas I think everything I've been through recently in sort of the last two or three years has all gone towards me instantly going no i'd do that do you know what i mean it's that a lot of it being self-belief do you know what i mean like um uh, you know because the reality of it is there's not you know because you might think oh well could i could i play their songs or could i learn their songs fast enough and again there'd have been a time where i'd have gone no no i couldn't do that i'm not good enough but again pete you know what i mean after spending so long talking to you and you know, all the other fans that show the love, you know what I mean? I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think there'd be any band out there that I couldn't just, you know, go right. Okay. What am I doing that? All right. Okay. I'll do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I'd step up there and like replace slash or something from guns and Roses. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd purely just be like, Oh Christ, there's a lot of soloing to learn there. But, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I would. I would thoroughly entertain it. Richard, yeah, I mean, Richard Ashcroft. Let's go. Let's let's get yeah. the verve back. Adam's gonna play guitar. Oh, don't sell that to me. Fucking hell! I would absolutely jump at that chance. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, don't sell yourself yeah. too short, Rich. If you're gonna put the verve back together, give me a call. We'll negotiate prices. <laughs> yeah, there, there was definitely a point where. I'd have I'd have said no to something like that, but as I say, um, I just believe in myself a bit more, and I'm I think I'm much more like open to stuff like that now. I was very insular before. Um, sure, yeah, I was. Do you know what I mean? And I found it really difficult to envisage myself stepping into stepping into anything different like that where i had to sort of be dynamic and learn and adapt but the more i sort of get to know the new me which sounds really fucking shit but you know what i'm saying there's no doubt i've changed a a dramatic amount in the past three years and yeah like the new me like i don't want to say no like i used to be pre-programmed to say no and especially when it came to creative things, because it was just easy. Yeah. It was just easier. It was easier to say no and then go home and slip back into my old routine. Whereas like now, as I say, I think I'd just be like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I'm not saying I play guitar for fucking Daphne and Celeste or some shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But 
the Christ, like you know, if the Verve were getting put back together and Nick McCabe couldn't or didn't want to do it, yeah, I'd um I'd 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 fall over myself to to accept that gig. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. But yeah, um it's the thing with making music and being an artist and stuff. It there's there's like um a feeling of like an obligatory feeling to how do I put this? It's hard to explain really, but so the reality is creatively, creatively, purely creatively, I moved on from Badlands quite a while ago. Do you know what I mean? Because look, there's no doubt it took me a long time to get Badlands out. I was learning a lot and, and it was funny where I was on a Patreon live stream the other day and I sort of said, look, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to conceptualize, think about the second album. And uh, one of my patrons, who I will name, it was Graham Mosey, was just like, all right, is this next one going to take three years as well? <laughs> I love I Graham. I was like, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> Money playing. Uh, it did make me laugh a lot, but um, I don't want it to. Like, I never planned for this one to take as long as it did. Do you know what I mean? But things just, I don't know. There was no point in rushing it. And all the while, uh, Tony Perry, my manager, or, you know, the, um, the music manager who's been advising me, were like, look, you, you know, you, you, there's no point rushing anything. Yeah. Whereas all the while I'm like, well, I kind of want to get this out because I've, I've written other things. Do you know what I mean? But it's almost like I've moved on three or four times since I wrote Bed like Badlands. Do you know what I mean? And so that's the, the the next challenge for me now is working out exactly what the next project is. Because yeah, I've got tons of songs and I have got tons of songs, tons of bits of music, which is all well and good, but like that's the beauty and is just how cohesive it is and how unified it is. Do you know what I mean? As a body of work yeah. and how certainly in my mind how recognizable it is. And it's just got such a strong identity. And one thing that I can do is, well, I don't know. I like, I, I don't really believe in genres of music. I mean, I know things need categorizing, do you know what I mean? To a point, but I've, I, I'd never be someone who'd be like, I like rock music. That's it. I just like rock music. I like fucking music, mate. I like anything that's good and that's made with real heart. Yeah. Like, I don't care on the style of music is if when it comes on, it makes me feel something like I'm, I'm into it. And as a result, a lot of my, a lot of the things that I create could be viewed as quite schizophrenic. Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, well, how do you go from that to this? And in my mind, it's like really fucking easily, really easily. It's just whatever whim takes me really. But yeah, there is something to be said, you know, it's all well and good having tons of material, but it's about sort of curating it down and working out what fits where, because I know I said it, I'll say it again, the, the Badlands is so, like I say, just so uniform and it's a body of work and everything else that I'm doing can be kind of, you know, at different ends of different spectrums. And then you're like, well, how am I going to make a record out of this? Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm really excited about the Scythe stuff, which uh, unless you're a patron, not a lot of people will know about, but um, the Scythe is a project that I'm really excited about that is a lot heavier, <laughs> like really heavy. Um do you know what I mean? A much more sort of a band orientated thing. But then I've got, I've got bodies of work like, you know, wild storms and beauty and dignity and a, a, quite a vast collection of more traditional songs. Do you know what I mean? And then I've just got stuff that's completely out there where you'd listen to it and go, it's good, but I've got no idea what it is, but it's good. <laughs> well, I love your rap oh. album. That was my favorite. <laughs> so yeah um i also really like the, the the collaboration ideas i mean i don't know you just gotta wonder whether lightning will strike twice in a sense that the collaboration games was so natural and went so well that um yeah i've got a couple of ideas i've got a couple of ideas but there's no doubt the size that project that needs like a, a really strong rock voice on it does that but that's something that I've learned getting Pete, getting vocalists to work with you is 
quite difficult, really. That's something that's quite difficult. Although a few people did say to me, that will become easier once you actually release an album and then people can sort of get a bit of a vibe of what you're about and then it might be easier for people to get involved. But the thing is, when you've got such a strong idea of what you want, it kind of, it's difficult really because the bottom line is anyone that has got an, an ounce or even more of, of, you know, like talent or creativity or vision, any of those, any and above and all of those, those people are often on their own path. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it, honestly, it is the most frustrating thing in the world to not have a world-class voice. Do you know what I mean? Like no one's, no one's fucking entitled to one. Don't get me wrong, but I have such strong ideas for melodies, lyrics and themes and everything that goes with songwriting. I just don't have the, what I would, a, a, you know like a world class and yeah I can don't get me wrong I can sing and I'm sure there's people who be like oh your voice is fine and I do acknowledge that my voice has a quality that does convey what I'm trying to convey I, I'm, uh, some people re- would refer to it as an honest vocal do you know what I mean like fucking Bob Dylan I mean don't get me wrong I'm not making any fucking comparisons but I'm merely saying in a technical sense Bob Dylan can't sing no do you know what I mean the motherfucker's never been able to sing not in a traditional sense but yeah. He can. And he you know, the way he sings is incredibly unique and do you know what I mean? And um, the stories he tells um just transcend the fact that he isn't I don't know, fucking Freddie Mercury. I just pulled out a random vocalist that people would consider good, although I don't actually like Freddie Mercury's voice, but go figure. The I, point being that's crazy, but I definitely <laughs> Dave Grohl's another example of someone who I don't think is a great singer. Like No, he, no, I think yeah, bang right, yeah. I mean, he's a great musician and I love the music, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't sit, I wouldn't put him in the category of uh, like a really good singer, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, like uh, who's a really good singer? Uh, well, heck for even Rage Against the Machine wouldn't really consider that to be a great singer, but boy, they make great no, music. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not a singer, is he? That's rap. That's like spitting venom. But I mean, you know. I love conversations like this though, because you know, what a great tangent. That's what I love about rage. You know what I mean? Like Zach just spits absolute fucking venom. And a lot of their lyrics are politically and culturally motivated and, you know, speak about atrocities on different cultures. And you really feel what that motherfucker's saying when he says it. Do you know what I mean? Like he delivers you know the way he delivers a vocal and that that's what i love about that first rage album is just the the way his vocals are captured and the way he delivers them and like the end of freedom fucking hell never forget the first time i heard that (laughs) or the end of bullet in the head you're just like yeah you've got these awesome like these awesome rap sequences with amazing lyrics and then just like the coda is just in fucking screaming bloody murder but that, and now you uh, do you know, what to like, tell you. <laughs> yeah, just as, like, as a young as a young kid, um, feeling angst yourself, like when you hear something like that, you're like, "Oh Christ, this is someone channeling what I feel on a day to day basis." Do you know what I mean? And that that's the beauty of music, right there. That is the beauty of music, right there. But yeah, the the fact of the matter is, I think the side needs a really great rock vocalist. Um, so that's something that I am working towards. Uh, whether that's going to be the next record, I don't know. But that's the other thing that I aren't worrying about is, look, I aren't the kind of artist that's going to like really need to keep up momentum. I mean, I know that I do, but look, I mean, it's difficult in it, especially when real life starts. Like it's difficult to just, to just purely, I don't even know how to describe it, but like there's, there's life takes over sometimes, you know, well, it takes over a lot of the time. Um, so whilst in my mind's eye, I'm like, look, I want to get this next thing out as quick as possible. I don't think it's the most important thing in terms of keeping my presence in people's minds. I think the people who have bought my records and will buy my records will, will be ready and waiting whenever the next one comes. But certainly my hope is to, to get it out as quick as possible. Absolutely. Whatever it, whatever it turns out to be. And there are, there have been a couple of email threads going on with some very interesting ideas that I'm looking to explore. But I can be a right to me. Do you know what I mean? I, I've, as as I'm sure many people can. But 
sometimes well creative is a strange thing and vision and drive are a strange thing like they're not always they're fickle do you know what i mean that they're not always there you do get some people where they are just on 24 yeah. 7 and i think the i think there was a period where i was after twitter and you know starting patreon and writing all those songs like i was just fucking switched on permanently and that's all i was about you know what I mean? Just creating and writing and trying to trying to conceptualize these different records and stuff and and then suddenly it 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 disappears like smoke from a fire. Do you know what I mean? And you're just left there going, shit, how you know, how's this work? And I think that's something I was alluding to a long time ago when we did that podcast with uh, Tim Burgess. And I was speak we, we we were talking about creating and I was talking to him about the the discrepancy and the, the the sort of incongruous nature of being creative, uh, how it comes and goes. And when it's there, it feels like it'll never go. And it almost feels like, not like a superpower, but it feels like something you can tap into whenever you want to. And seriously, like when you switched on, like I can, I can like play half a note on a guitar and bang, I've got a full song laid out in front of me. Even just like half a note or a noise. A, noise anything you're like oh christ i can make a song out of that and two or three hours later bang i've got someone ready to send out on patreon wow and then other times you can kind of sit there and try and try and try and play stuff and nothing happens do you know what i mean it's it, like i say it's a fickle thing is creativity and that creative drive to do things and I don't know the mind's a bizarre thing isn't it as, as I'm sure everyone learns more and more the more they go through life and it just sometimes it, it goes other places don't it and especially when you've got other life pressures like pushing down on you sometimes that brings more creativeness out but then sometimes I don't know the, the, the logistics and real life stuff can kind of get in the way and I think that's something that happened to a certain degree coming up to the release of Badlands. You know what I mean? Like all the, the str well, you know, being frank, the the stress of meeting the deadlines and lo and behold, we didn't meet them all because we didn't meet the deadline on the book. Yeah. Um, which does remind me actually, everyone who has ordered a book, they are coming. I know I've been a little bit quiet on it recently, um, but they are in production now and I'm hopeful that Townsend should have them within the next fortnight, which would mean you're probably looking at about three weeks to to receive them for the people that have bought them. But that'll be nice as well, get, getting the book out and seeing the, the finished book. And it was something that I was nervous about when we talked about. I love the idea, but I think I were very much like, it sounds like a lot of work yeah. and... I'm not the one doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm the one writing my bits, but again, Ross and Nicola, the geniuses that they are, they've put the book together and done the book design and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it will be great to, to get that out and for people to have that. So a, a real nice way to sort of round off the project and for, for the people who are invested in it in inverted commas, there's, there's so much great, fascinating, information in that book because obviously it's not just my notes it's notes from james chapman maps obviously and it's notes from ross and uh yeah one thing that went by the wayside during pete's illness blessing was the james chapman podcast which we do need to reschedule but that is something that is still coming because there'll be lots of fascinating stuff to talk about there and you know when i say when i say move on from this record i'm talking purely creatively do you know what i mean like I'll never move on from this record in terms of what it represents as like a, a creative rebirth or whatever in inverted commas. And, you know, I know it's only within sort of, I don't really want to say my community, but do you know what I mean? I, I, when I say my community, I mean my direct fan base. Do you know what I mean? I, I know that this album isn't making fucking waves everywhere, but it we're never going to, do you know what I mean? It's not that sort of record. It's a, it's a, a niche art project. I suppose, really. But yeah, I mean, for anyone who hasn't heard the record, do you know what I mean? Get on it, man. Get it ordered and I can send you, if you order it, or just get in touch with me and I'll give you the SoundCloud link. And also, I'm not actually sure if people realise this, but the link for the Twitter listening party is still there. So if anyone hasn't heard the album, you can just go to Tim's Twitter listening party and go back to my listening party 
and click on the link and listen to the album, man. Ah. And if after you've listened to it on SoundCloud, do you want to go over to my Townsend store and order a physical? Do you know what I mean? Because that's what really supports this this whole project. It's what supports me as an artist. Um, because I've done another podcast recently, um, proper mental podcast. I'm not sure if it's gone out yet, but I think I did go on a bit of a rant about streaming services. <laughs> Honestly, I am so schizophrenic <laughs> when it... Look, I understand the world has changed. I understand the way people consume music has changed. And I do understand that streaming services are where it's at now. And as a result, I will be getting on that in inverted commas, but it's just a case of sorting it out, really. Because <laughs> again, when you're, when you're on the phone and on emails constantly, you know, checking on the progress and finalizing designs for physicals, that sort of stuff has just gone by the wayside. And not to mention as well, like, you know, the the digital pressings that I did, um, Serenade, they're really important, man. And like, I want those people to feel like they've got something special. Do you know what I mean? And if the record was just all over bloody Spotify or Apple or whatever, I think it'd sort of take a little bit of that exclusivity away, maybe. Um, but the long and short of it is it will be going on streaming services when that can be facilitated, but I can't make any promises as to when that will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I bought the album and, uh, I've played, I only, I've only played the album once on my record player, but yeah, I used to serenade constantly. <laughs> I played a lot on my computer because it's digital. Yeah. It's there. And eventually when it's on LimeWire or it's not LimeWire, boy, I'm showing my age. Eventually when it's on Spotify, <laughs> Uh, I'll definitely be playing it on there as well. And same thing, like when when albums come out that I'm looking forward to, Foo Fighters got an album coming out in June. I'll buy the record for sure, but I'm definitely going to play it most of the time on Spotify. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the Serenade um, digital pressing as well. The audio quality is off the scale. So, I mean, if you know, if you listen on your computer or whatever, but if you've got like a good hi-fi that you can stream it to, my God. It sounds, it's night and day, the difference. It's night and day. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really cool. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to more people here in Badlands and um, very, very much looking forward to going up to Helensburg to this gallery and um, seeing a few fans and seeing people come and appreciate the art and obviously seeing Ross and Nicola again. Love spending time with those two. And Theo, hopefully, will be around so yeah, man, if you if you are about um up in that neck of the woods, uh do come along and see us. That'd be really great. Nice. Yeah. And if anybody does go uh up there for the art, be sure to uh capture some audio with uh Adam and send it to me and we'll put it on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, good idea, yeah. But yeah, but speaking of buying albums, uh yeah, uh, there's some other albums I want to buy. Uh, you know, and it's called uh The Music Repressings. I know that I've heard you very very subtly mention that in passing. Haven't heard anything since. Like what's the story about the the reissue of The Music albums? Well, well yeah, it's uh, it's quite a long story really. And you know, like I've been coy about this and See, I think simply because it would take too long to explain, but like as soon as as soon as we all joined Twitter, I think that was the the leading question is, oh, are you gonna reissue the first albums? Are you gonna reissue the albums? I say it now, it's got absolutely nothing to do with us. Now that might have that comment might have instantly blown people's minds, but hopefully I'll be able to give you some context in the next few, uh, in the next bit of time, so to speak. But yeah, whether the music albums are reissued has nothing to do with us. It's not our decision and we cannot affect it for or against. We can't make them do it and we can't stop them if they decided to do it. Um, so let me just try and think the best way to structure this bit of talking so that it gives it in the most uh, concise and, well, hopefully interesting way. So obviously, when you sign a record deal as an artist or as a band, without without getting too complicated, because record company law and contracts, well, first of all, it's not something I properly understand. I have a little bit of a grasp on it. I've probably got more of a grasp on it than the you know the the standard Joe blogs or Josephine blogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so so yeah, when when you make an album with a record company, to to be blunt and simple the record company owns that album because they paid for it. 
So our first album, for example, let's take that. Um, let's say let's say our first campaign as a whole cost the record company a million pounds. Let's say so, two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of that might be for recording, and then the rest of it's marketing. It don't fucking matter, right? So, as an artist, when you you release an album with a record company, there's something which is called recouping. So let's say the the record company paid a million pounds for the album as a whole. So the artist doesn't make any money on physical sales until the record company have recouped all of that million pounds. And that million pounds needs to be generated through record sales. Now, as as good as our first album did, we never recouped. Well, we've never recouped on any album. But you know, up front, and not that it, it's here nor there, isn't that? Yeah. There's very few art. There's very few artists that will recoup. Look, if you Coldplay or Madonna, Michael Jackson, or, or Foo Fighters, do you know what I mean? You you will have recouped a long time ago because you're talking about millions and millions of physical sales. Now, obviously, in this day and age, that line gets blurred even more with how streaming works. But we are talking right now about specifically about us so if the record company pay for for it to be recorded they own the recordings so right now the masters of the music the music our debut album are in universal's masters vault which you know is literally as it sounds it's a, a an area which is just full of tons and tons of masters so what I'm talking about refers to all three albums, obviously. Do you know what I mean? They were all done on major record labels. Therefore, the major each the, the label owns the recordings. Now, I'm probably going to jump all over the place here, but hopefully by the end of it, you should know what I mean. So they own the recordings of the first album. Now, the, there will be a loophole where if we were to record the albums again, so they don't own the songs as such that gets even murkier because that brings into things like publishing. But if we just talk about um, the recordings, so they own those recordings. So if, if we wanted to, to do anything that was purely our decision and generate the revenue for it to come to us, we would record the albums, like physically re-record them. Now, I know there's probably people sat there going, well, you re-record it then. But life doesn't work like that, does it? I mean, if if life worked like that, the music would still be touring, doing countless gigs all over the place. Um, But the bottom line is Rob, you know, Rob wouldn't be able to take that anymore. Do you know what I mean? If we recorded it, it'd be about four semitones lower, if not more. Um, But yeah, that that would be one way to get around it. And that's why on something like Live at Temple Newsom, we were able to do that ourselves and release it on our own record label. And as a result, as I say, uh, generate income for ourselves, which let's face it, isn't a fucking crime. I know there's some people out there who'd be like, oh, a musician making money from his music. That pisses me off. No, no, no. (laughs) Shame. That's legitimate and fucking fair, isn't it? You got to work, you get fucking paid. Apart from the tax man, you take that shit home. Yeah? How dare It's exactly you? the fucking same. Is that just for anyone out there who might be a bit like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> so yeah. So over over periods of time, loads of people have been like, oh, reissue the albums, reissue the albums. And a couple of times I've said, look, it's nothing else. And that comment has obviously just flown over people's heads because to be like, well, it's your albums, dumbass. Why would it be nothing to do with you? It's like, well, let's reverse the dumbass a bit and have you understand contract law. Um so yeah, so I'll I'll tell you now, all three albums are being reissued. And not only all three albums, the singles collection and B-side is also being reissued. Nice. So that's, that's a lot of people who've just got very excited. So as I say, that was nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us. It wouldn't matter how much we went to the record company and said, oh, please reissue our albums. It would be a waste of fucking time. Record companies do whatever they want and whatever they think is going to be worthwhile doing and generating money. Now, this is quite an important point that people need to understand. Usually at record companies, now it's a little bit different back in our day to what it is now, and I'll I'll explain why. So 
Record companies are obviously run by individuals. Obviously, they're run by people. Now, what needs to happen really is, or you know, generally when you get signed by a label, it will be because at the heart of the label, there is an individual that loves and believes in your band, right? So in our case, it was David Boyd, who, you know, a, a real music guy who loved our band. And again, it's difficult because I'm jumping all over the place, but what happened during the rise of streaming and all that was people like David Boyd, real music guys, real, you know, and you don't even, you don't need to be told who is a real music guy. You can fucking see it. Obviously, you've got to be in the room with them or see them on TV or listen yeah. to them talk. You very quickly go for who is a real music guy, like a, a fan. But after the rise of streaming, which obviously annihilated everyone's revenues, record companies slowly began to get rid of people like David Boyd, real music guys. And those people were replaced by bankers, effectively. So you went from having record companies run by enthusiasts, music enthusiasts, pure music enthusiasts, to having record companies run by bankers. Because the big wigs would turn around and go, look, the world's changed. We've got to watch our bottom line. You're out. This banking guy's in who knows fucking sweet fuck all about music, but he knows about money. Yeah. And he knows about he knows how to make money and protect our bottom line. So you fuck off and our guy's coming in. So that's what happened. And you know, that that kills music. It kills progression. It kills potential. It kills everything else. And here's a case in point. You think about the Verve. You think about the first two Verve albums. Now, in this day and age, if the Verve were to be back again and release their first album, they get. If they were to release the second album, they get dropped again because they did not sell comparatively well at the time they were released. Regardless of how, what kind of cult status they held or anything like that, they'd have been fucking dropped, and you'd have never got to Urban Hymns where that band absolutely exploded globally. And that's that was down to blokes like David Boyd. You know, signing the Verve, getting the first album and going, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's not connected commercially at maybe what some people would want or expect, but I fucking know what's coming here. Speaking as David Boyd, you'd be like, I know what's coming. I know the next record is going to be amazing. And I know the third and maybe fourth are going to be absolutely like, you know, globally successful. There just isn't the scope for that anymore. There isn't the, there isn't the, the long view. No one takes the long view. It's all very quick, quick, quick. If you don't sell, you're gone. And like our third album is a fucking another case in point there. You know, our third album, we released one single it got no marketing, did fuck all, and the label panicked and pulled the plug, effectively, and just went, look, there's no point finishing this campaign because that one's not done fuck all. Do you know what I mean? And that I don't know if I'm explaining myself well enough, but they are the two opposing attitudes that you're dealing with, and ultimately that is down to streaming. Um, so if anyone wants to know where my attitude in inverted commas comes from towards streaming, it's effectively because it robbed my career from under me. But, you know, less said about that, the fucking <laughs> So anyway, back to the music reissues. So the plan, so this, this is what happened. Um, basically, a gentleman got in touch with our management and basically said, oh, just so you know, we're reissuing all three of the music albums. We're just letting you know because we thought it would be polite. Would it blow your mind that they didn't have to tell us? They didn't even have to get in touch with us. It was a courtesy for them to come to us and say, just so you know, all three of your albums and the singles collection are being reissued. Uh, now, now um, the plan, I'll, I'll, I'll explain what's happened here, but just to say the plan is the last I knew, and again, they don't have to keep us up to date, but the last I knew was the reissues are being planned for August this year. Um, so they're not that far away. Now, don't hold me 
uh, to ransom over the day, over the month, because again, they don't have to tell us fuck all. That might have changed, but it's definitely the issues are definitely happening, and they were definitely planned August. So what's happened with the reissues is, as I explained here. Uh, the masters of our album and anyone else who's recorded anything owned by Universal, the masters are in Universal's Masters Vault. So Universal, comparatively recently, uh, well, I say comparatively, I'm not actually sure when, but uh, Universal bought out a label called Play It Again, Sam, um, which is obviously a record label that Universal have acquired. Now, when Universal acquire Play It Again, Sam, what that does is it gives, play it again, Sam, the right to dive into Universal's back catalogue and pull out whatever they wish to reissue. And now here's where it links back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of having someone like David Boyd, um, who's a massive fan of the band. So it just so happens that one of the head guys at Play It Again, Sam, and I'm not, I don't know who the gentleman is, uh, I'm not sure of his name even, but I've been informed that, um, that, that one of the head guys at Play It Again, Sam, or one of the guys who decides what they're going to reissue is a massive fan of the music. So that's why the reissues are happening. Nice. And can you see what I mean by how, so much of this revolves around little things like that, like having someone in a position of power or ability that is like, yeah, man, let's fucking reissue the music out. And that's how, that's how these things turn. It's how they work. And it's how things just quickly manifest themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like that universal acquire that label that label decide to go into Universal's back catalogue and find something that they want to, you know, reissue. So yeah, that's what that's where we are at. And I'm not sure I'll I'll look to clarify a lot of these details. But as I do keep saying, they don't have to involve us in this conversation at all. It's also a key point that the gentleman in question that's decided to reissue reissue the albums uh, has a good working relationship with one of our managers. So it's it it was Tony who said, look, um, the albums are being reissued by Play It Again, Sam, and I know the guy; he's a good guy. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know whether there's going to be whether it's going to be a staggered release or whether it's just going to be all four things out at once. I mean, if it's all four things out at once, a lot of people's wallets are going to be taking a lot of hammering. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Again, I've no idea how much these things are going to be. I don't know what they're going to cost. I don't know if they are going to be packaged in exactly the same way. Do you know what I mean? I don't know the answers to these sorts of questions yet. Um, but I'm as intrigued to find out as everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Um, and one thing that I do remember is when it referenced the singles collection, it said a version of. So that would imply to me that it might not have exactly the same content uh, that it did. I'm not sure, though. But here's where it gets even, like, I don't know, weirder or frustrating. But So when we found out about the reissues happening, we very quickly went back to Universal and said, look, we've got loads of, like, rarities, extras, unheard stuff from around each of those albums' period of time, and we'd be up for we'd be up for including that in the package. Do you know what I mean? We were, we were quite up for that. And uh, Universal turned around and went, yeah, no, we're not bothered. Don't worry about that. Oh, what? Are you uh, talking about the fourth album I mean? stuff? No, I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm talking about all the rarities from around each record. Oh, okay. So, so for the first album, it would be songs that we recorded that didn't make it onto the first album. And then for the second album, they'd be similar. And for the third, similar. Um, no, I wasn't talking about the lost recordings, which you have so sneakily just referenced there, <laughs> wetting everyone's appetite. Although I know it's something I've mentioned a few times. And um, believe me, it is something that I want to bring to you all. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, that's something that would need full band approval, though, to be able to do. And uh, yeah, I'm just biding my time, shall we say. I'm just biding my time. But um, yeah, I mean, getting slightly off point, that the lost record, the lost album stuff is fucking amazing. It really is. And 
I know I've said it before where I didn't listen to it for years and going back to it and listening to it, I was struck with a great sense of anger at, at like, why the fuck did this remain unreleased? And it's fucking brilliant, but it just shows you how time and perspective changes things because at the time we recorded all those songs, we didn't know as fucking feet from his hands. Do you know what I mean? We lost so much perspective on everything, but yeah, coming back cold after all these years and just playing that, Man, I got so like, I don't know, it affected me because I was just like, this shit is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's ace. It's not of lesser quality. It's not of lesser quality to the extent where you'd be like, yeah, I don't really want releasing that, does it? it you know, it's fucking great. It it's fucking great. great. Yeah. And in my in my ideal world, it's something that I'd like to to release because being quite fucking frank, it's too good not to. Yeah. And I'm the first motherfucker who'd be saying, nah, it ain't good enough. It ain't going out. I was always that guy. I was always the quality control who'd just be like, mm, it's not, you know, it's not quite there. But no, listening to that lost recording stuff is fucking mega and I'd love to bring it out at some point, but I don't really know how that's going to manifest itself. I mean, the thing is, like a lot of the time with stuff like that, if you were going to do, if we were going to do that, it would make sense to... um to do shows around it and stuff, which we're just not going to be able to do because the rest of the band aren't into that idea. It is what it is really. But yeah, just to go back to the reissues, um, you know, I did talk about this on Twitter when I heard, when I got the email saying it was happening and, you know, vibing people up saying, oh, did someone say reissues? And I saw conversations with people saying, oh, it'd be great. You'd be able to make a bit of money for yourselves. No, no, we'll make no money from it. We will get what's called a mechanical royalty, um, which I believe is probably around seven to ten pence per unit. <laughs> basically. Yeah, Pete's face says it all there. Um, yeah, so we get we we get fuck all. But look, I you know that's you know, that that is not something that's stopping anything. Because as I say, fuck it, it's not up to us. I'm I'm just as engaged with these reissues as I would be if we were getting the money from it. I know we're not, but I know why. You know, because I know that the rights to those recordings are owned by the record label, so we're never going to get the lion's share of that. We're going to get a a very um, modest mechanical royalty, and I could be wrong in even that seven to ten p. It might be less. Uh, as I say, it's very very murky. Is music contract law and stuff like that. And I'm not, I, and don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm no expert on any of it. I'm no expert on any of it, but I've been around it enough to, to, to pick up the basics at least. But yeah, let me assure you, we will make fuck all from any reissues, <laughs> but I don't care, man. It will be great for those albums to be released again in a different era. Uh, you know, give all these fans that are desperate for copies of the first, the second and the third album on vinyl. It'll give them to, to pick those up. Uh, I've been assured it won't hurt the original value. The originals will still hold their value because for a long time, there was something in me that were like, yeah, well, it's cool. And there's quite a lot of kudos to the fact that, you know, you can't pick up those unless you're willing to part with a lot of money, man. Do you know what I mean? Um, again, it's not money that we would see. There's just a, a kudos to that in my yeah. mind. Well, the, the, the reality is the record company play it again, Sam, this guy, um, wants to reissue them. So they're getting reissued all of them and the singles collection. And it was planned for August. I'll keep you updated as to when any official release dates are. I have no figures in terms of how many are going to be made. It's none of our business. Um, I, I have no figures in terms of how many of the originals were made. Not a clue. Something that a few people have asked. We won't have been privy to that information back then, and it's not information we'd need to be privy to now. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's people who could ask and they'd tell us, but they don't have to. I'm just trying to make people understand that just because you're an artist and record an album doesn't mean you fucking own it. Do you know, that's what I mean? interesting. Yeah, and well, maybe we can get the uh, you know, maybe we can get the guy that works for uh, Played Against Sam on the podcast eventually. That'd be cool. That's, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. Yeah, it's not something I've thought about that. Um, yeah, that's a great idea, Pete. That's something I'd um that's something I'd certainly be interested in in hearing. 
But yeah, I I, I just kind of wanted not not only did I want to make people aware the reissues are happening for the music, I kind of wanted to make people understand the mechanics through which they are happening, and maybe you know without trying to sound too fucking pontificating, pompous or whatever, just wanted to maybe educate a few people on how that sort of thing works. Because as I say, it's something that not a lot of people do understand all that side of, of music. You know, people have just got bands they love and they want to support them. And it's not, you know, it's through no, no fault of their own that they don't necessarily understand how that all works. But yeah, um, the, you know, the, the, what generally happens in this scenario in terms of shoes and stuff is you, a band do or a new line of merch, new t-shirts and stuff. That's how we would take advantage of that momentum and make ourselves a little bit of money again, which we are entitled to fucking do. Doesn't make us fucking bad people because we might want to make a quid off something we made. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that's how you would usually do it. But of course we don't have that look really, um, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. I mean, everyone knows that I do more gigs. Everyone, I make no secret about saying, look, I'm there. You give me a day, you give me a place, I'll fucking turn up. It's not the same for everyone in the band, though, obviously, and, and we have to respect that. And, you know, I'm just one of you guys at this point. I'm a fan who loves the band, who wants the band to do more things, but I also uh, accept people's decisions and things and people's life decisions. And, you know, you do have to go through life respecting those sorts of things. You can't be a battering ram and try and change the course of people's oil tankers because oil tankers take a lot of fucking course changing, I can assure you. So, yeah, you know, that that would be how we would look to monetize in inverted commas. But obviously, we're not going to get a chance to do that. But that doesn't matter. The reissues are happening. Um, and I, I would imagine... Because the label are doing it, it will be full chart eligible. So you never know, man. You never know. You could have a scenario where 25, 20, God knows how many, 20 years after an album is released, it comes out and gets in the charts, connects with new people and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm sure people will find this news exciting and, you know, I'm pleased to be able to bring it to you. Um, and I will do my best to keep you all updated and Christ someone might see it advertised before we get bloody told. Mm. It does, it does, it does piss me off a little bit that they weren't interested in any of the extras. Cause I think that would have been cool. I think that would have been a cool thing for fans and to just make it a little bit different, you know, so people who own the originals would come out and buy the new one because it's got some unheard extras on it. But you know, life doesn't always work out how you plan it and other people don't always see things the way you do. And that's just, how the cookie crumbles in yeah. it, but yeah. Um, well, I'll so be yeah, buying that's... it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be buying every yeah, one yeah. of them. <laughs> It'd be great if they did it as like a package of four and you could just buy it as a big bulk buy. That'd be awesome, that. But as I say, I don't know. Um, what was quite interesting, though, was um, uh, in the email thread, I did pick up on the fact that Play it Again Sam had to get quite shirty to ensure that all three albums were released, which makes me believe that maybe there was an appetite to only release the first mm. and like that. And this, as I say, this guy, who I don't know his name, um, this guy's pushed hard and said, no man, it's got to be all three. And look, that is great for fans. That is awesome for fans. And at the end of the day, to any band, it's the fans that matter. Do you know what I mean? And it's making the fans happy and, you know, keeping that connection going with something that they love. And that all means, that all means more to me than fucking some seven pence per bloody record, which obviously is bloody in or there, Christ. Um, but yeah, um, that's going to be about the wrap for this episode. And yeah, again, just um, anyone who's going to be in and around Helensburgh or up in that part of Scotland, if you've got nothing to do on Saturday, come along and speak to me and Ross, man. We'd love to see you there. Honestly, we'd both love to see you there. And I know it would mean a lot to Ross to have people come through that door to see his work. It would mean a lot to him because I fucking know how much it meant. It means to me that people engage with my work. So yeah, um, if you can, come and see us, man. Come and have a chat. Fucking check hands. Let's have a chat. Spend the afternoon chatting shit, whatever you want, man. So yeah, um, come and see the art and the reissues are happening in or around August. They are who take home things from this podcast and I think that's about it Pete is that about it 
That's about it, man. Come to come enjoy some art, drink some dark fruits, and say hi to Adam. <laughs> and then buy some reissues when they come out, even though <laughs> yeah. we get fuck all of it. But that don't matter. Y'all, you, you guys are still going to buzz off it. And, you know, all these people who are like, oh, do a picture disc, do that, do the other. I hope I've made it clear that none of that is our decision. So you're wasting your breath. <laughs> Although I do, I, look, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm from everyone. Like, honestly, I do. I appreciate the enthusiasm. But yeah, there are things out of our control. Um, but either way, they are coming. And yeah, man, um, keep you updated about it. And yeah, that's about it. So thank you for listening, everyone. Um, as I say, hopefully see you in Helensborough. And there are two pieces of art left if you want to get on there and get them bought. Uh, you can find the link to those on any of my socials. Have I put it out on Instagram? Definitely on my Facebook and my Twitter. And that's the other thing you need to know about me. I'm no fucking marketing genius. Do you know what I mean? Like I might put stuff out on Twitter and then two days later think, oh shit, I didn't put it out on Instagram or <laughs> Facebook. I do my best, man. Do you know what I mean? I do my fucking best. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for now. Um, good to be podcasting again. Good to know that Pete's... Uh, feeling better we need to get this james chapman podcast hooked up yes, and yes then, yes and then lots more lots more lots more stuff um maybe talk about these lost recordings a bit more i know people will enjoy that but yeah that'll do for now so thank you very much for listening and i'll speak to you in a bit thank you